Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the list in your boy at fightful.com. With Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap, they're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, it's January 27th. It's listing your boy 201, the episode that everybody has been waiting for. Everybody. Everybody's been waiting for it. 201 strong. We're going to do that one. No. <laughs> you should hit up Trevor Strong every week. I uh, yeah. say, hey, I need you to do a song. It's uh, it's called 213 <laughs> Strong. Let me tell you, I didn't own that much AMC stock. <laughs> but I, I did bit a little bit uh guys leave a thumbs up subscribe tap that bell for notifications i'm gonna go ahead and get the plugs out of the way great feature from molly bell this morning on eddie kingston Uh, i did an interview with effie this interview is one of the best i've ever done and thursday morning i've got an interview with ricky shane page he's one of the best heels in wrestling he does not do many interviews check that out twitch.tv slash fightful gaming and this sunday to get those watch hours up you guys can watch the Royal Rumble with us. We're going to be doing a, a watch-along alternate commentary over on YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps. You'll see some Fightful personalities over there. But we got WWE Network and Peacock News. And How about another plug? How about this? I did Royal Rumble predictions with Jesse, and then I had Brandon Howard on for about a half an hour to talk about the, the WWE Network and Peacock and all that good stuff. But we're about to, to go deep into this, Jimmy. Yeah, we will in a few minutes. Uh, first, I wanted to ask your thoughts on the Conor McGregor fight on the weekend. I, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Did, a lot, did a lot of traffic for us. I was very happy about that. I, uh, In case you're not a fan of MMA, uh, I that night, Saturday night, must have been the best night professionally and the worst night professionally for Michael Chandler. Oh, and yeah. if, if you're not a fan of MMA, look up Michael Chandler, this guy. So he came into the UFC. He had a really high pedigree. He was a former champion in Bellator, uh, went in there and just annihilated. Was it Dan Hooker? Yes, Dan Hooker. Annihilated. Very, very formidable opponent. Yeah, very good fighter. And he annihilated him. And then he cut a promo post-fight. I posted on social media that he cut a promo better than 90% of the WWE locker room uh it was it's very good promo it's yeah, it was yeah well it was but he but he did it like he's definitely got personality and he could definitely mm-hmm. he could definitely talk and uh he called out conor mcgregor and that fight they're in the same weight class and then conor mcgregor goes out and he loses uh pretty convincingly to dustin poirier and i saw that and i thought man that's a bit tough because chandler mcgregor imagine the promo work on that one 
you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's unfortunate, but that, I mean, that's just the game. That's, you know, uh, the MMA is not uh, predetermined entertainment. And so that's what happened. But uh, yeah, it was, I, I heard it did a good buy rate and uh, McGregor, you know, McGregor Poye, it was an interesting fight, but there was no adversity like they or no uh, animosity. I should say they both uh, very respectful, you know, hugging it out before and after the fight. I like a little animosity in there, even if it's uh, even if it's scripted, you know? Yeah, I mean. I was I was okay with that because we've seen it so much out of Conor McGregor that seeing this just true this different side of him is a little refreshing as well. I mean, I've covered some UFC shows where he threw stuff at buses. So yes, that's fair. I mean, that's that's the <laughs> other end of the spectrum. That one, you know, <laughs> he's thrown cans of monster or something like that. So this was a little bit different, a more subdued. But as we see, still one point six million pay per view buys. Uh, that's pretty good, Jimmy. It is, and when we get when we talk about the peacock thing in a minute, we're going to talk about the the, the similarities uh, because UFC is not incented to book a Conor McGregor that often anymore, and uh, WWE is not going to be very incented to book Brock Lesnar, and yeah. we'll we'll talk about that in a few minutes. The other thing I wanted to ask you about: Did you do that video on Twitter knowing that Biggie had done it before, or was it completely no, coincidental? Had, you had no I, idea. I had no idea he did it before. No. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Tell tell everybody what you did, because when I saw that he did the exact same thing back in like 2017, <laughs> I thought, okay, Sean did that on, on purpose. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, ah, okay. I did a skit with my keyboard where I played a rendition of Old Dirty Bastard's Shimmy Ya, and <laughs> he sent me a comment that said, cease and desist. And it was them not playing their own instruments, mind you, not like me, a real musician, right? Not like you, yeah. not like me, a real musician. And then, of course, my my close personal friend Wale came to comment on on the situation. Clearly impressed with my musical chops that I have displayed back to back months now on Fightful dot com. All right, well, let's get into the uh, uh, WWE Peacock thing. And uh, boy, this is this is. Uh, it's amazing that as Vince McMahon gets worse and worse creatively, WWE just gets more and more profitable. But I mean, it, this is at least in character. We've always heard that Vince likes Peacock. So uh, Wall Street Journal is the first I saw that actually reported numbers. So they reported that uh, Peacock has landed the exclusive U.S. rights to the network. Uh, the terms weren't disclosed, but the Wall Street Journal is reporting five years. The words they used were more than one billion uh, but the consensus seems to be that it's just a little over one billion, maybe like one point zero five or something. Sure. So that works out to uh, two hundred million a year. Uh, March eighteen, WWE is going to shut down the network in the U.S. and they're going to shift to all of the content over to Peacock. Uh, in every other country, it's going to remain as it currently is, and it's going to be on two tiers on the Peacock service. It's going to be uh, on the ad supported tier for four ninety nine and on the ad free tier for nine ninety nine. Before I move on, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people within the company in terms of their reaction to this deal? Positive. Most people right. are, most people, like I had one person even said, hey, we're on the same thing as the office. That's cool. And really? then like even people that are pessimistic and said, well, it's not going to affect our, our pay. They're like, well, it's a positive for us. It's, it can't be perceived as a negative. I mean, Maybe some people that are just too stubborn will be well or not willing to, to move over or do anything like that. But everybody that I've spoken to within WWE is at least positive to some degree about it. Hmm. And let me tell you, Jimmy, about a year ago, I started the Brass Ring series where the whole point was 
to get people to say nice things about other wrestlers. It was hard to get that to happen. Like people would be negative even when I asked them to put over people. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that this has garnered such positive reception is a really good sign for WWE at least. I mean, I don't know what it means for Peacock and for Comcast and all oh, that. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. There, uh, as as Sean Rossap likes to say, there's a lot of a lot to unpack here. There is, and uh, and there's a lot of layers. And so the first thing I want to talk about is NXT. And there was a line in the press release. I talked to you yesterday and you pointed this out to me because I hadn't actually seen the press release yet. Yeah. Uh, And this is a line in the press release. Quote, in-ring shows like NXT, NXT UK, and WWE 205 Live, as well as replays of Raw and SmackDown. So they didn't say replays of NXT. Yes. Um, That begs the question, will NXT be moving from USA on Wednesday nights live to Peacock? And there's an added layer to this. And that is the fact that prior to the WWE Peacock deal being announced, just prior, like a, like a, a few, couple of days prior, NBC Sports Network, it was announced that they're shutting down at the end of 2021. And all of that sports content is going to be moving both to USA Network and to Peacock. Uh, and that includes the NHL, NASCAR, and English Premier League Soccer. When it was first announced that that was happening, and you and I talked about it, and you said to me, do you think this is going to impact NXT? And at the time, I said, no, I don't think it will. I, I, I thought that WWE's relationship with uh, NBC Universal was such that NXT would kind of be left alone. Now that this Peacock news has come out, now I completely think NXT is gone from USA. Uh, because I didn't know that when, when they first announced the NBC Sports uh, Network information. And there's two reasons why I think NXT is going to be moving. The first is that uh, other sports programming is more favorable to USA in terms of demographics. And the second and, and biggest reason is that moving NXT to Peacock will give Peacock a 52-week-a-year live attraction yes. for its subscribers. Uh, and so we're going to see what happens here. I think that uh, Tony Khan should be popping bottles. Yeah. And you and I joked about it yesterday because if they have Wednesday night unopposed, you know, moving forward, it's going to be massive for them. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's going to strengthen their brand and you never know five years down the road if uh, WWE might look at this with some regret. And, and if you're, if you're Peacock and you're Comcast and all these companies and you're talking about rolling in NXT and into that deal and it's what, is it 200, 250 million a year? 200 a year. Okay. AEW got about 40 to 43 million for theirs, and the, the viewership is a, a pretty solid difference there. But let's let's just say, if that were NXT, maybe thirty million a year. That's a pretty good thing to absorb. A, a live show. Now they're not going to do six hundred, seven hundred thousand on Peacock. That's for sure. But also, NBC can continue with their. Hey man, it was it was fun letting you do this this vanity warfare thing for about a year and a half, but <laughs> let's, let's make some money. Let's do some numbers type of thing. And if I'm, if I'm NBC universal, and here's the thing, there are a lot of people that think that they don't have any idea about this. Uh, you better believe there are still some people at NBC and universal who remember the Monday night wars and they remember what competition breeds and creates and, and all that. And they probably know it's, it's best for everybody. But, um, Ah, man. By the way, guys, get in your super chats. I forgot to mention that. We'll get your question or statement read on the air. Um, 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities for WWE here. And some of the content's already up there on Peacock right now. Like, oh, is it? Untold and WrestleMania Rewind. Okay. I think maybe even on a a free free thing, on, on the free tier. Okay, now one one you know thing, and I, I was going to get to this later, but I'll mention it now. One added wrinkle that I asked Sean if he could find out, and I know it's tough to find out. So you're going to have a show that airs live on Fox appearing on a streaming service owned by NBC, owned by a direct competitor when it comes to the SmackDown replay. I'm curious how that's going to work for Fox, because right now, if you go to Fox.com and if you're in the U S and if you sign up for Fox.com, you can watch SmackDown replays for free right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, granted Peacock's not doing this deal just to get the SmackDown replay. Yeah, but I'm curious what Fox's mentality is about that. I'm sure that they're going to be all- allowed to continue airing the replay because their contracts precede the Peacock contract. But I'm curious how they feel about that 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 content that they are offering digitally, a competitor is going to be offering digitally on their streaming service. That's going to be an inter- interesting one. But to me, this deal comes down to three things: awesome for WWE, like very good for WWE, very risky for NBC Universal. And potentially very bad for WWE fans. Yes. Uh, and I want to address all three. And and uh, I want to start by talking about WWE as far as, you know, why it's good for them. First and foremost, to me, and I, I know when you were doing your thing, Brandon, yesterday, I haven't had a chance to watch it. But you said to me, is there anything you want me to ask him? And I said, ask him if, uh, if he thinks that this is WWE's acknowledgement that their network has peaked yeah. in its current form. I think fully that internally they came to terms with the fact that the network had peaked. And when you look at when they launched it in 2014, they had these grandiose projections that they were going to do two to three million domestic subscribers. That was actually what they projected when they launched two to three million uh, domestic subscribers. And if you do the math on that, that would have been 100 million a quarter just based on U.S. rights. Forget about the rest of the world. In Q3 of uh, 2020, they reported about 46 million in revenue for the network, again, including uh, uh, the world, not just the U.S. uh, subscribers, although the U.S. makes up for most of it. But they fell way short of their projections. When you look at the Peacock deal, they're going to be getting a little bit more money than than what they get now. Uh, But number one is going to be guaranteed. And number two, they now are going to have exposure to 26 million subscribers, Sean. 26 million Peacock subscribers are going to be exposed to WWE Network. Are most of them going to watch? No. But, I mean, you, you look at that, and you look at all the people that have access to their pay-per-views, but more than what do now, that you stand a better chance at a crossover audience capturing that. Oh, it's a massive opportunity for them. No, it's not quite as much as if they sold the rights to a USA Network or or a Fox or somebody like something like that, which I'm surprised has never happened, but they have so much other content available that they can do that with. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Tingu Ray asks a pertinent question: Do you think NXT moving to Peacock could raise the significance of the brand? I could see NBC wanting NXT to be a top priority on the app from WWE. No, I don't think it could or it would because it's on prime time on USA Network right now, and that's that's one of the top cable networks in the world. So I don't think that it will will affect things there. And uh, to clarify earlier. Uh, the contents on the paid version of Peacock, I was on the free trial, so that's why I was able to get access to Untold, Ruthless Aggression, WrestleMania Rewind. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about p- the Peacock side of things. Okay. Uh, because I, I saw people on social media that were asking, why would they do this deal? Because they were strictly doing the math. 
So if, if you look at WWE has about 1.2 million US subscribers. Uh, so that's going to be shifting over to Peacock. People were doing the math saying, okay, well, you know, they have the 499 tier and they have the 999 tier. And if you, if you multiply that by the 1.2 million subscribers, you don't come anywhere close to 200 million a year. Yeah. So people were wondering why would they do it? Well, there's a few reasons why they would do it. Uh, first and foremost, it's true. The math doesn't add up, but the 499 tier is ad supported. And I'm pretty sure WWE is not getting a split on that. Yeah. And so you can't just strictly do the subs multiplied by fee math and say that's what they're getting out of it because they're also getting ad revenue. So that's, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is right now, Peacock doesn't care about revenue when it comes to this stuff right now. They care about establishing a footprint in the marketplace when it comes to streaming services. It is such a competitive market. You've got Disney plus you've got Netflix, you've got Apple plus, you've got all these players and we've seen how competitive it can be. Look at Quibi. Do you know what happened to Quibi? Yeah. It tanked. It's done. They got almost $2 billion in investment, almost $2 billion. They lasted a few months and then they sold to Roku. It's yeah. a very competitive market. Uh, and so Peacock, they just want to get their subscriber base up. And uh, because eventually there's only going to be probably a handful of tier one players, they want to get their subscriber base up and then they'll worry later on about how they're going to monetize it. And, and so when you, and I had no interest in Peacock before this. None. No. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the thing is there, there, there's other components if you think about it. So, Comcast owns NBC Universal. It's the it's the same ownership. Yes. That means that if you are a Comcast cable subscriber, you already get Peacock for free. Yes. Of that 1.2 million US subscribers, some of them have Comcast. Yeah. That means that NBC Universal is acquiring existing subscribers on some level, but they don't care because this is what they need to do. When you when you look at the other players, Apple as an example, Apple, if you buy an Apple product like an iPad, you get one year of Apple Plus for free. Mm-hmm. This is what they do in order to try to establish a footprint, and that's what Peacock is doing. And so they don't care so much about uh, about how they're going to generate revenue off that subscriber base yet. But there's another uh, another layer to this. Uh, Peacock is looking to differentiate, differentiate the, yeah, easy for me to say, differentiate themselves from their competitors by adding sports content. And uh, they've uh, issued press releases about this. That was the catalyst for NBC Sports Network getting shut down because they wanted to move sports mm-hmm. content over. That's a catalyst for them bringing on uh, WWE. And, they got live pay-per-view and NXT. And the reality of the situation is almost nobody was watching NBCSN for free anyway. So right. at least you can move that over to a paid service and use that as uh, I, I don't want to say a loss. Lead. I mean, it might be a loss leader. I mean, they're, they're paying a premium for these rights. So yeah. they're, they're going to try to get a better return on it. Yeah. And, and, and apparently from what I understand, their original shows have not, done well mm-hmm. uh and apparently their biggest show was the office reruns oh, with, and, without a doubt without yeah. a doubt the office is going to drag people there yeah and i mean understandably so sitcoms old sitcoms have found a new lease on life on streaming services and a, a, a more a more a longer leash than they probably even should have uh, yeah we, we we do have a few super chats I want to get to right now. Drew mm-hmm. Nicholas says, "Have details come out yet on if WWE Network need to make a uh, subscribers need to make a Peacock account, or if the login info will transfer over?" They said in the press release they will provide more details as it gets closer to that date. So we don't know everything uh, quite yet. And uh, somebody says, "Who do I need to talk to to unblock me from the YouTube live chat?" Probably nobody. You probably were a jerk, but. Uh, <laughs> 
send something to uh, the, the Fightful Twitter account and I'll, I'll review the situation. David Dickers says doing a blue chew with a peacock. <laughs> Super chat is hard. Also, Sean, you said I should reach out to you. How would I do that without having a Twitter? Sean at Fightful.com. Only do that if you're this guy or business situations. Uh, and then we have uh, another one, that, which isn't topical right now, which we'll get to later. But keep keep those super chats rolling, guys. We really well. There's there's another layer to this that we got to talk about. There's plenty uh, more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still talking about uh, Peacock's point of view. Me, yeah, I know. So uh, another reason that I think they're doing this is because I think they're dipping their toes in. I think they want to get a, a sense for you know the popularity of the WWE brand and what all they can do with the WWE brand because I think that they're interested in acquiring WWE. When you when you look at the fact that they're paying 250 million a year for the rights to Raw. They were paying, I can't remember what the number was for NXT, uh, but but they were paying additional uh, rights fees for NXT. And now they're going to be paying $200 million a year for the network rights. I think the market cap of WWE was three and a half to $4 billion. It would make sense to them to own, to own that content. Yes. And, and so I think they're dipping their toes in. Would not shock me if within the next five years they acquired WWE. I don't think it's going to happen so long as Vince McMahon is in control uh, because I think he's going to want to maintain control. And so I don't know if that'll work, but I, I definitely think that's the direction that they're headed. And uh, I'd be very curious to see what happens if that were to happen. Would they take SmackDown and put it on one of their own properties or would they still try to continue to license it out to another to another broadcaster? Would another broadcaster want to do business with them? A lot of interesting parts to this, but uh, I think that's something that they're going to be looking at. So, uh, so we'll see how things go. When, do you think WWE will be nearly as bulletproof if they sell to another company? Because to me, if times get hard, I could see multiple sales going. When you say bulletproof, what do you mean? They're they're in, almost in too case. big to fail right now. I you see what, what you're I mean? saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, there's no question that popularity has declined, and and you know, this reminds me of the whole Impact AEW thing when there's been people saying that Impact benefits AEW more than AEW benefits Impact because Impact has it. No, but I'm, I'm the reason I'm yeah. saying this is because they claim Impact has a great international footprint. Yeah, and and the reason that that is just absolutely incorrect is because Impact's biggest market outside of the U.S. would be the U.K. and India. And the UK in AEW's case, they've already got market share and, and India is very tough to monetize. And when you look at WWE, it's kind of the same thing. Most of the revenue is in the US market and the US popularity and numbers are on the, are on the downswing. So are they going to be able to make that up in other, in other markets? Who knows? I mean, if, if yeah. we've seen anything, even if you want to use the UFC as an example, if we've seen anything, they can have a, a down period. But then they create a star like Conor McGregor, and then they do 2.4 million buys like they did with Donald Cerrone. If WWE is able to generate new stars, t- things can turn quickly. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to predict today that, oh, WWE is dead in the water in five years. You can't. If 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 the next Cena rock comes along, then uh, it could completely change their fortunes. It's just hard to see it now, given creative with Vincent Man at the helm. We have a couple more super chats that I think are pertinent, including one from Michael Branson that says, odds of pay-per-view buys returning. This is a subject that a lot of people have been concerned about. Uh, but Brandon Howard, Brandon Thurston, it's such a habit to call him Brandon Howard. Brandon Thurston <laughs> said yesterday he, he thinks that's the best way to monetize that type 100%. of stuff. It, but he doesn't think that they, they'll do it after they conditioned people for so long not to. 
He's totally right. And and I feel like we talked about this in the past. Once you've established that precedent, and you know me, and I'm really big on precedent. Yeah. And once you've established a precedent, it's tough. Like how how do you how do you tell people that you've been paying nine nine ninety nine for WrestleMania and now all of a sudden you're paying sixty bucks? Yeah, it's tough. You know, there's ways maybe they could do it. I mean, you know, over time maybe they can they can condition people differently. I don't know. It's going to be tough to do. It was a mistake. They never should have done it. They always should have made the big pay per views an extra price, uh, but they didn't. And so it's going to be very difficult in order to, uh, to to condition people. The interesting thing is there has been a percentage of people this whole time over the last six plus years that, that the network has existed. There's been a percentage of people that have continued buying the pay-per-views on pay-per-view for 60 bucks. It's a small number in comparison yeah. to, the, to the network subscriber base, but there have still been some people for whatever reason. Maybe they're older people and they don't trust the internet. I don't know. I don't know the demos, but uh, that is when you look at, you know, what's, what's an easy way to make extra money in the network? That's an obvious answer. Yeah, yeah, of course. But how do you do it now? It's very well, tough. Andrew Monaghan asks another common question. Will they go the Disney Plus route and charge for the big four? Disney Plus does the paywall behind the paywall. UFC does the paywall behind the paywall. Like we, we see at HBO Max with a lot of streaming movies. We see a lot of stuff. You got to open up the paywall, then you got to pay again. Do you think that's a possibility? It, anything's possible. The problem is that the UFC at no point ever said, okay, everything is now on ESPN Plus, including pay-per-view. They never did that. Disney Plus never said, okay, we're going to offer the Mulan movie for free, yeah. but now we're going to charge you 30 bucks. That's what makes it different. WWE is the one that changed the price on the, on the pay-per-views yeah. and would now be forced to put them back. I'm sure it could be done. And you know what? It's, it's like anything else. When you first make a decision, sometimes it's not popular. And sometimes some people might not go for it. But then over, over time, they kind of forgive it. So maybe they start with WrestleMania next year. Let's say that they do AT&T Stadium and let's say they got the rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe next year they say, all right, we're charging whatever, $29.99 for WrestleMania. Take it or leave it, like it or don't like it. Maybe if they do that, utilizing somebody like The Rock, they'll be able to get away with it, and now it becomes a it becomes routine. Sure. Well, so there's uh, things they can do. Daniel R sent a super chat, and he says, "Jimmy, I disagree. They have the next scene on Rock. They just want them be original. Let them be original characters. Am I wrong? Well, that's that's the point Jimmy's made for years and years and years is yeah. that there's a marquee, and that marquee says WWE, and they don't want anybody to be above that." I do think they already have a next generation of part-time stars. They've got Cena, Brian, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Roman. Uh, Ro- well, yeah, Roman, if he does, I think Roman will still be full-time for a while. But you got four really key ones right there. It's actually something I'm, I'm writing for an upcoming piece. But you've got a bunch that are aging out, but you do have those four. You've even got, got lesser names like Beth Phoenix, who's 40 years old, has a lot, of, lot left in the tank, people you can bring back. But – it is on them. It is their fault. They don't have the next scene. hundred percent. And, 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 you know, I mean, you know, let, let's not kid ourselves. Daniel Bryan's never going to be John Cena. Like John, John Cena is John Cena uh, in terms of box office, but absolutely. We've talked about this for so, so long. They have so much talent. They might have a deeper talent roster now than they've ever had. And they didn't utilize any of them properly. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. And it's kind of funny because when you see how quickly they took Shinsuke Nakamura, from a mid card, doesn't seem like he cares that much. Like you joke, he just wants to go surfing. Then they put him in a gauntlet match, and all of a sudden, this guy could be a challenger for Roman Reigns. Yeah. If you have the talent, you can do it that quickly. 
But yes. the, problem, the problem is you have to have the, have, have the creative machine behind them. And that's that was the funny thing. Like NXT wrestlers had been told for so long, oh, well, it takes us five, six weeks, takes us maybe two months to build you. And there were a lot of NXT wrestlers that I heard from that were like, wait, you all built Indy Hartwell in two weeks and she wasn't on TV. Like she sure. didn't even appear on the screen and people were asking to see her. Uh, we have uh, a couple more super chats. Andre, if you had a question with this, go ahead and submit it and I'll, I'll take a look at it. But I touch squirrels. <laughs> Do you think WWE would be interested in a sale like how the UFC did where the company was sold and Dana White stayed as president? Well, here's the thing, Jimmy. I think that any company that really did their due diligence and really did their research enough to spend that kind of money probably wouldn't want Vince McMahon at the creative helm of WWE, maybe from a business perspective, but not at a creative helm. I can't see how anybody would spend that much money and not know better. That's the reason why I don't think a deal will get done so long as Vince is still in charge. Unless they sell a GameStop tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cause I, I, I don't think this is going to want to give up creative control. Like I, yeah. I don't think he would be happy doing that, but they absolutely, there, there's no question that if WWE were to sell, let's say NBC universal was the buyer. NBC universal is going to want somebody from WWE in place in sure. an executive position running the day to day, because NBC will be the first to admit that they're not, they don't know wrestling at that level. And hundred percent, they would look at Hunter, and and I, I think uh, Vince McMahon, without question, has probably already internally positioned Hunter as his successor. But we have seen networks time and time again give poor input on pro wrestling. I, I mean, hey, sometimes they gave good input. Spike, they paid for Hogan and Sting and Bischoff, like they they did that. And you can say what you want about the Hogan thing, but they offered to buy ten percent of TNA to keep it afloat. They had a good idea, but I mean, then we also hear all the stuff about Turner and how Turner, a lot of it was sabotaged from within, like within that company. I don't think that NBC Universal would be in that boat. I think they would want to do good. I mean, they've had such a long storied relationship with WWE. It's not the redheaded stepchild anymore. I mean, it should be based on the shitty content they produce, but it's not because people see the money behind it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've heard the stories about how NBC Universal has taken liberties when they felt the need to, and you know, the twenty four seven title bringing that back was supposedly their idea. And we've heard stories about Bonnie Hammer calling Vince McMahon prior to Raw, "You can't do this, you can't do that." And there's no question that if they uh, acquired the company, they're going to take more liberties. But so long as you have somebody like a hunter in place, and, and the UFC ESPN relationship is a good example, even though the funny thing is ESPN does not own UFC. No. But it's an interesting example because ESPN, you know, signed that licensing deal and Anthem and ESPN, or not Anthem, Endeavor, Endeavor and ESPN wanted Dana White at the forefront because he knows his business better than yes, they do. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so it'd have to be a similar situation. NBC Universal, no question that they're going to take liberties and no question they're going to want to have input, but they can't run it. Like they need somebody like a hunter to steer the ship. And uh, I don't think a deal would get done without that. I don't think. Reminder, guys, get in your super chats. That stuff helps an awful lot. Gar Monroe says, do you believe or do you think that if they were to charge for pay-per-views, the best way to be bundle deals, one, one price for $4.99 users, one price or one for $9.99? Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he means. Do you, do you mean the pay-per-views are for $9.99? I'm not sure what he means. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not sure because, I mean, they, they've already got their bundle deal in, in that sense in that it's ads versus no ads. That's right. Uh, Gar, maybe specify that and we'll answer it. But that just, I mean, brings me to another point. They don't have to reveal their subscriber numbers anymore, do they? Uh, I mean, international I mean, subs, that's it? Oh, you mean WWE? Yeah, they won't yeah, have that number. Yeah, they're still a public company. So, yeah, but I mean, there, there's no United States WWE network anymore. So like, what are they going to do? Reveal all the Peacock subscribers. Do they need to nope. do that? Do they have to? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, wow. all, all they would do is it would be a separate line item as a, as a separate revenue stream. So they'll still have the network. They'll still have, I, I can't recall the number of subs internationally. It was 480,000 or something. So they'll, they'll still have to list that as a line item, but now the Peacock revenue will be considered a separate line item. I'm sure people will ask on calls what yeah. the subscriber count is, but no, I don't, I don't think that's something that they're going to have to report anymore because essentially those subs, a lot of which were already duplicates from Peacock anyway, those subs are now essentially added to the Peacock sub count. Well, I can report that if you're worried about your Peacock and you want a subscription in order to take care of that, our friends at Blue Chew have you covered. And how about this? You don't have to sit through any ads besides this one. You get it free when you use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you can let your peacock fly. <laughs> Whoo boy. Maybe, maybe you're starting a streaming service of your own. Maybe you're getting some content. You got the tripod set up in the bedroom good 4k camera and some lighting you got a green screen looks like you're doing it on a beach or something like that blue chew gets you over that performance anxiety i'm not here to judge what you do in your free time as long as it's legal my friends but blue chew will make sure that that confidence and that performance is up to par you don't have to have a problem to use blue chew it's about that performance let me tell you 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 won't when when you retire from the game and you probably won't ever have to because of blue chew people will remember you you'll go in the hall of fame this won't be like major league baseball where they're like nobody's good enough they will say look it's you the legend the one with the dick (laughs) they use blue chew it's a chewable it got in your system real fast it's ready when you are he didn't have to wait in line at the pharmacy he didn't have to wait in line at the doctor's office you know why because it was prescribed online. It went straight to his door. He streamlined this entire process. Then he streamlined his wiener. They work with Blue Chew affiliated physicians. Get you the active ingredient you need. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. 
Let your peacock fly, Jimmy. Wow. Uh, well, now I want to talk about how this is potentially bad news for WWE. Okay. We've seen for a long time now that Vince McMahon has seemingly gotten lazier when it comes to creative as the guaranteed rice fees deals have gone up. And a lot of that could be because of his age. A lot of that could be because maybe he's got fatigue, creative fatigue, because he's been doing this for decades. But it's true that as the years have gone by and the rice fee contracts have gone up, he's gotten lazier. There's less sense of urgency. When you look at the UFC, when they got that deal with ESPN, Suddenly, a guy like Brock Lesnar could not leverage his name in order to better a deal for himself. Because whether Brock Lesnar was on the card or not, the UFC's money was already set. They already knew what they were going to make. And when Brock wanted to make a comeback one more time, he wasn't able to get a deal done. And reports were, it was because in his head, he wanted to make a certain number. And the UFC said, we can't pay you that. Knowing whether Brock Lesnar is on the card or not, their money is set. Now that this man, all of his money across his, his, his major revenue streams now is going to be guaranteed, what is the incentive for Vince McMahon to bring in Brock Lesnar? What's the incentive for Vince McMahon to even you know bring in The Rock or to re-sign Goldberg? Maybe he'd want to do it because he wants to appease his broadcast partners. You know, kind of like when Dana White still does business with Conor McGregor for ESPN, but he does less business with Conor McGregor yeah. than he used to, but he still does business with him for ESPN. Maybe it'd be that situation, but what's the incentive? There's no longer incentive and there's no longer urgency for this man to produce the best show he can, bring in the best talent that he can. Um, and that could be a big problem for WWE fans. Yeah, I mean, the absence of marquee stars has has long been an issue. And again, as we mentioned, it's been WWE's own doing. It's their fault. They say sure. 50-50 everybody, their champions don't matter. I mean... It's bad. I mean, we could go on and on about that, but that's why we have a Monday and a Friday show. I'm completely with you. I'm completely with you. Ooh, look at this, Jimmy. Somebody says your thumbnail is clickbait garbage. Well, you are banned garbage. Get out of here. <laughs> Bill Hemmett says, <laughs> actually, uh, we have some actual non-WWE uh, peacock questions. David Dickers says, some lovely blue peacocks. Wait, that's not healthy. Anyway, I'll message you tomorrow, Sean. Quick last question. Did you see the India special? I did. It was not good. Really? But I see what they're doing, and I understand it, and it makes sense to me. Those two guys were giants. Oh, my God. They're huge. They made Hunter look like like Marco Stunt. And and Jinder looked great. It was good to see did him he? That was going to yeah. be my next question. He did? He got such a raw deal last year with, yeah. with the, the knee injury again. And I really thought that last year was the year they could have done a good six-week program with Jinder and Drew that yep. would have made sense. It didn't have to be the top thing on the show because they had Edge and Orton at the time. Yep. But it would have made a lot of sense and it would have been good. And it would have been a lot better than uh, than what they did with, with Ziggler. Um Evan Wright says, need thoughts on the Brody Jr. commentary clips. Him popping Taz was very funny. I haven't I seen it. it. Yeah, I haven't he, seen it. He told Excalibur to shut up, and it popped Taz. But <laughs> Evan Wright says, Trey back in impact. Will his passion return? I, I think it was there. I just think things probably didn't work out the way that he had planned, and the other two got signed. But uh, Bad Eyesight said, do they have a plan for Miz and his briefcase? It's a total joke. Now he has go-away heat with the audience. True. And he just used it for the tag titles. I'm sure he could, but he's not gonna because it's for they, they specifically said it's for him. They didn't as of the time that he won it originally. I don't know if they do now. 
I'm trying to recall uh, what the how they word it when they uh, when they win the briefcase. Doesn't it say for an, uh, a future WWE title opportunity? Yeah, at first they had specified the title, like they which did? title it was. But okay, I mean, because it, it makes perfect sense that they would use that for for the mid card title, and it, it would be perfect if he could go to SmackDown and go for the Intercontinental title because that's the title that's synonymous with him. That would make perfect sense, especially if people thought, oh, the Miz is here and he's going to cash in on the champion, and then he cashes in on the mid-card belt. That would fit the Miz perfectly to do that. Yeah, if he wanted to break that record, the IC title record. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Bill Hemmett says, I know she's not ready yet, but I'd love to see Raquel Gonzalez win the Rumble. She could have an awesome program with Sasha. Congrats on 200. I think Raquel's more than ready to win the Royal Rumble because she could face Io Shirai for that title, too, that she's been after. Like It's been established. You can challenge for the... NXT championship as well. Well, that takes us to the to the next topic, the Royal Rumble, because it's this weekend. And it seems to me like this is the first time in a while where there's no clear cut winner or it. group of winners. And, uh, and you know, that, that makes it interesting. And it, it is, it's also a little bit, you know, puzzling. So sure. I want to ask you, so when, when you think of the men's and women's Rumble match for the men, for me, I'm thinking Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, maybe Shinsuke Nakamura, maybe Cesaro or Sheamus. Uh, but there's no clear-cut winner. Maybe it'll be a wild card. Maybe it'll be John Cena. What do you think for the men's Rumble match? Who do you think uh, looks like he's going to stand out above the rest? I think Daniel Bryan, and I think Nakamura gets his title shot in February or March, and Daniel Bryan even says something like, you beat me in the gauntlet match. You didn't get your fair shot. It'd be an honor to face you at WrestleMania instead of Roman. And then he gets beaten. I think for mm-hmm. the women's, uh, I, I, I'm leaning towards Bianca Belair. I'm leaning towards her, but this is a special year. Jimmy, you know what I was thinking? And we can tie this into mid-match shenanigans. Here's the only one I would like. The only one I would like, Jimmy. I think Ray- I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Randy Orton out at number 16. Bray Wyatt in the Hawaiian shirt out at number 17. Randy Orton eliminates him. Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse in at 18. Randy oh, Orton right back in just like that? Yes, because you can cut it up like that. I then The that. Fiend at number 19, and they do the double elimination and they're both out. That It's the only year that will possibly work because of the situation we're in. And it's the only mid-match thing. Because, you know, we we can expect somebody coming out number one, number 15, number 30. But what other year will they ever be able to do 17, 18, 19? And they can completely pre-produce that. Randy, right. could be, Randy could be the only one standing in the ring and have those back-to-back-to-back. And then, like, I, theoretically speaking, Heath Slater walks out at number 20, and he's like, oh, look at me. It ain't going to be him. He's an impact. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah, yeah. somebody, our truth could do that. He could be number 20 and be like, I won. I won type of thing. Like, I think there's a real possibility to do this. Don't you think, and maybe this isn't a question to ask because, you know, Bray's kind of dead in the water a little bit. Anyway, don't you think that it would take more shine off of Bray if they did something goofy like that with him? Or do you think at this point yeah. he's kind of he's kind of past the point of oh it's big, way past the point yeah, yeah way past the point I mean when he when when he debuted at SummerSlam you know I was thinking here's your next Undertaker here here's your next special attraction doesn't need a title 
And oh, he's dead in the water now. To me, he's any other guy now. Yep, he was special attraction, and they 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 found like the ability to make maximize people without them wrestling before. Like Elias didn't wrestle for months and months and months, but the fiend was special to yep. me. Bray Wyatt in the sweaters, the guy you go out there and you beat up and you have lose and all that shit. But yeah, it's it's very very frustrating. Uh, I say that so much with WWE booking, at least once a show. Dante <laughs> V says Goldberg wins the Rumble. If there would be, let me tell you, there would be a revolt if that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine if Goldberg gets annihilated by Drew McIntyre in three minutes, then he goes out, and uh, we'll talk in a minute how they're going to say who number thirty is. So it's not going to be Goldberg, but maybe he goes. Maybe he goes out number twenty nine. Sure, wins the Rumble after getting annihilated by Drew. Challenges Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It would be so ludicrous and stupid, but that's Vince McMahon. Yeah. So, Rob Wilkins so. says, if Universal buys WWE one day, give me a Fiend experience at Universal Studios. That's actually a cool idea, doing WWE. Fun house and everything? That, that is, like, I know he's joking, but I think it's good. And Rob says, prediction, Miz cashes in mid-match, Goldberg pins Miz. I doubt it. I don't think they're going to do that this time. Uh, and Daniel says, if WWE is ever sold, chance at a super show. I don't know if that would increase or decrease the opportunity. Super show with another promotion? Yeah, I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't think either because they're they're still going to have uh, WWE executives involved, like a Hunter, and Hunter is more open minded than Vince. But I don't know if I see it. Kieran George says, "I know this isn't an MMA podcast, but wanted to get your opinion on John Jones moving to heavyweight and how do you think he'll do?" Well, I don't know how he'll do. I don't know how he'll take those big boy punches. He took one. He took them from the best, uh, Daniel Cormier, who I think, if he had never went to light heavyweight, would be the greatest heavyweight of all time. So I'm inclined to believe that he's going to do pretty well. His wrestling translates really well. But that's another thing, another big thing that the UFC has that I'm interested in seeing, Jimmy. Why do you think he went to heavyweight? He did everything at light heavyweight. You think he that's the reason? Two. I mean. Oh, so yeah. the weak cut? Maybe the weight cut, just getting older, and he had nothing else to do at light heavyweight, truly. I questioned if he wanted to try to avoid Adesanya. Oh, no, I don't think so. No, you don't I think mean, so? No, I don't think that guy's trying to avoid anybody. Okay. okay. I really don't. I think John Jones is probably PDs and all that stuff regardless – Maybe the best MMA fighter I've ever seen in my life. And I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. The, the only thing about him uh, moving up to me was his last couple of outings were not sure. you know, decisive in, in his favor like they had yeah. in the past. And so for me to see him go out, and I, I can't recall the name of the fellow that almost beat him with the leg kicks. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell uh, Santos. Yeah, so for, for him to go out and have those performances and then you give up the title – that to me almost came off like he thought my day is going to come in that division. Like there's going to, I'm going to get beat. If, if I, if I stay in that division, I need to go up to heavyweight. The weight cuts, not as bad. The guys are slower. I feel like that might've been his mentality. If I stay at light heavyweight, I'm going to, my day is going to come. Yeah. Justin Lopez says, I know they've begun filming the peacemaker show for HBO max in Toronto, but do you guys seeing Cena work mania this year? He always, he always says, I'll be at WrestleMania. I'll be at WrestleMania. And he filmed the video. Yep. So I think so. Yeah. I think and so. Absolutely. I mean, he could, he could, I mean, rock in the past, there was the one year he did SNL on the Saturday night in New York and he flew across the country to do mania the next day. So Cena can absolutely do it for sure. And 
Cena versus Goldberg could be a good match. Oh, no, okay, well, it can be a good match. It could be a good marquee. <laughs> there you go. I look at it like we talked about this before with Goldberg. Like we said, if his run had ended with the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, and if if now he's back against Drew McIntyre and he had had that gap in between, mm-hmm. I'd be much more interested in Goldberg, and I'd yeah. be much more interested in Goldberg seen at WrestleMania. Yep. But because he had the Taker match, which was shit, he had the uh, the Bray Wyatt one, which was shit. Braun Strowman beat him in three minutes at Mania last year. I'm not interested in Goldberg, Drew McIntyre, and I'm not interested in, in Goldberg, John Cena. After all that. Zach Barber sent a super chat in which we were supposed to talk about. After she basketballed Dana's head on Monday, can we finally all agree Nia Jax needs to go, or does she have to kill or cripple someone? I mean, I don't know who exactly you're speaking to in regards to that, because, I mean, plenty of people have said that. However, I think a lot of people were sold a ticket on that bump. I think I think Dana Brooke just took a really good bump. I mean, Nia lost her grip on her. Yeah. That was that. That was legit. She lost her grip on her. What with the tr- with the the with choke, the choke slam? slam? That was because I mean she was supposed to go under the leg like that. Okay, because it, it looked yeah. like she was trying to get a hold of her and kind of couldn't. And then last minute she kind of was able to kind of get underneath her and 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 drop her. But uh, going back to to the Nia Jax thing, I was I was going to talk about this. People on social media were again questioning, you know, her being dangerous. And Nia Jax being Nia Jax, she responded and she said, a thread of whiners love to see it. What do you think about, you know, people questioning if she's safe in the ring and her calling them whiners? Um, I mean, I'm sure somebody will try to tell me it's being sold a ticket and like she's working, but there's, there's a track record there. You know, there's a, not, a, not just a track record a really, really long track record for all the stuff that Seth Rollins got about that. When's the last time you saw it with, with oh, her? Yeah, it's been a long time with Seth there's Rollins. There's been a really consistent track record and it's a concern. People are worried about these people. I mean, there are going to be some people that just do not like Nia Jax for whatever reason, uh, because of how she looks, how she talks, how she wrestles, anything like that. Yep. But I mean, there, a lot of this is rooted in real concern, I believe. All right, I want to move on and talk about WWE's decision to do what they're going to do uh, on backstage this weekend. When they first announced this, I thought that this man had reached the next level of becoming senile. Uh, (laughs) But now, after having given it some thought, I can understand it better now. So on the weekend, they're going to announce who number 30 is in the men's rumble. And they're going to announce who number one and number two are in the women's rumble on WWE backstage. The mentality, from what I understand, is that they want to provide their broadcast partner, uh, Fox, FS1, with a ratings boost with the understanding that given the landscape with no fans, the element of surprise is not going to be the same. Yes. And I agree. Like when, when you think about that, same thing when they decided to announce Edge uh, in advance instead of waiting and letting him be a surprise entrant. Without live fans, the element of surprise is not the same. So if you could promote Edge in advance and maybe draw extra eyeballs to the show, knowing he's going to be there, then uh, then that makes sense to me. Giving FS1 a ratings boost by by revealing a couple of numbers, that makes sense to me too, so long as they don't disappoint with these numbers. You can't say, okay, uh, number 30 in the Royal Rumble is going to be Drew Gulak. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know and saying? you can do the inverse surprise, like... The other number one and two can be like a big surprise. And then the other number 30 can be a surprise and you right. can pepper in those anywhere else. And then everybody would be looking forward to number 29 or whatever. 
I, I spoke to people in WWE about this, and they said just that. They were trying to boost the rating and trying to give Fox a little bit more for what their investment was and all that. Especially like, when they just announced this new NBC Universal deal. Yes. And they're going to and they're gonna have a, a show that airs on Fox on an NBC platform. Of course. So, you know, there obviously there's a lot of corporate politics that go with that too. And so, uh, so yeah, I didn't have a big problem with it. This is definitely going to be a very different rumble to watch this year. Oh yeah. I thought they'd do the NXT method and have like some people outside or something like that. But by now I usually get emails or I get screenshots of people who get emailed for that type of thing. So yeah, because they're they're going to chime in. They're going to pipe in the crowds counting down from 10 for every guy that comes out. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, my God. So uh, we actually have some Rumble Super Chats from Monday that I didn't get to. Uh, so, guys, donate a Super Chat. Get your question or statement in. Uh, also, uh, in in moments, I'll be posting the Q&A field for this week's Q&A show on FightfulSelect.com. If you guys don't subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, you're missing out. We've got the list goes on live after this. I do the backstage report every week, which is 15, 20 minutes of only exclusive news. I do a Q&A every single week. Alex Pawlowski reviews Raw and SmackDown with Sour Graps. And then we got Steven Jensen reviewing everything else. Impact, 205 Live, NXT UK, Game Changer Wrestling, all that stuff on the weekender. And that's in addition to every single day I am posting exclusive news over there. There ain't any website, no wrestling website out there that posts exclusive news every day. Just this guy, Jimmy, right here this guy mike, mike dempsey says sleeping on jimmy uso surprise entrant i think i think he could be a nice surprise entrant is he cleared i don't know i've been trying okay. to find out and people are being really quiet about it okay okay yeah i was thinking the same thing about sean waltman because i know sean waltman announced that he's having knee surgery like today yes and i question okay did you say that because you're going to be in the rumble he's going to post like some gnarly scar photo today and be like See, I told you guys. Right. And then on uh, Sunday, here comes X-Pac. You know? So we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, I, I wouldn't shock me if Braun Strowman wins because he's ready to go. I've seen pictures on social media. He's looking pretty jacked. And uh, they're doing nothing with him. And they need to rebuild him. So I could see him. He, You know, they have a guy every year that eliminates like 10 people. I could see that being him this yeah. year. Uh, Mike Dempsey says, Top three, returning Jimmy Uso, Sheamus, or Aleister Black? Uh, Aleister Black has not even been at the shows of late. Sheamus, I don't think they've heated him up enough, but yeah. And Aleister Black, he didn't have the fanfare. And so when he does return, I don't think they'll, I don't even think they'll announce it a week in advance. You know what I mean? They'll announce it maybe at the start of the show. Oh, man. Uh, Bob Harris says, Rhonda as one or two men, uh, 30 Joe. We have not necessarily seen a woman just one by one by one by one. Maybe Bianca uh, to some degree, but Rhonda could go through half the field too. I would but love to see Rhonda Rousey. My, my dream more for next year than this year is number 29, Rhonda Rousey's music hits. Number 30, Becky Lynch's music hits. They both go out at the same time. Great. WrestleMania great. match. There you go. That'd be great. That'd be great. No and, title uh, needed. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, that'd be great. And, and again, you know, with these guaranteed money deals in place now, how willing is Vince going to be to shell out big money for some of these people? Yeah. I guess we'll see Ronda Rousey. I, I thought that the year she had, she was so good. 
And I understand that she practiced her matches, but she was so good, man. And in, in all aspects, I, I would like to see her back. Yeah, I would too. Uh, and I mean, it's been two years and yeah. You know, I wonder if WWE is like, damn, we should have pushed a little bit harder because she hasn't started her family yet type of thing. But eh, it's probably a soft spot with her, I bet. You know? Yeah, and that's obviously not the type of thing that you want to lean too heavy handed in, especially with somebody like Rhonda. But here's the thing. Her original contract, Jimmy, her original contract expiration date this spring. Oh, is it? 21. April 2021. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if they've extended that. I don't know if they've. They have added time onto it. I don't know anything like that. For all we know, she said, listen, you can put me in your video games. You can still make toys of me, but that contract time is going to keep ticking. And for WWE, probably worth it to put her in the video game and to put her on toys and put her on collector's cups and T-shirts and all that stuff. Sure. I mean, what else is she going to do? Let's say her contract expires. She's not going to fight again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she might. You never I know. don't think so. Uh-uh. I don't. I don't no. see it. No. You never know, man. Well, I, I, I would be. She stuck. might fight Jake Paul. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that. Oh, I, I hope, can't wait. I, I can't hope wait. Ben Askren, and I know Ben Askren's not a striker. I hope Ben Askren annihilates that kid, and then now we're done with this crap. That's what I hope happens. Oh, I can't wait. I hope. Oh man, I, I'm so doing the watch along. Ariel Helwani interviewed him, Sean. Yeah, of course. I would interview one of the, one of the best MMA journalists in the game interviewed Jake Paul. Well, the best wrestling journalist in the game would interview Jake Paul if he would take if he would <laughs> drop me a line, Jake Paul. I don't do the traffic at Ariel Hawani, but you can help me get there. There you go. Okay, let's move on. I want to talk about mid match theatrics. Oh boy. How is Monday night show? And I posted this on social media. How is match madness? Yeah, mid yeah, 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 mid-match madness. How is Monday show and Friday show produced by the same company? How? How is this possible? I don't have an answer. And I asked that to myself. I asked that to people there. It is such a contrast. It is day and night. And here's the thing. When I asked it on social media, that were there were people that answered me and they said, Oh, it's because SmackDown has Daniel Bryan and Paul Heyman. Uh, all roads lead to Vince McMahon. Yes, all of He's them. He's the one that approves the show. And let me tell you, some of the pitches that I have heard that didn't make TV lately. Oh boy. Uh, for <laughs> Monday Night Raw? Uh, for for WWE in general, specifically general. the Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, boy. <laughs> But these are not these are pitches to Vince by somebody else. Yeah. Oh no no no, they're Vince pitches. Oh oh god, I don't <laughs> even want to think about it. Including one that I have not verified yet, but was so bad that everybody else was like, no. Uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, uh, I'm questioning. So so after the after everything happened on Raw on Monday, I I texted Sean and I said, can you believe that right now we're talking like 11 p.m. 11:05 p.m. Can you believe that right now on Twitter, Alexa Bliss is trending? And when I clicked on it, you know, just to kind of get an idea of the posts, they were 95% positive. Yeah, I mean. 95% glowing. Hey, I'll never fault anybody for enjoying anything. No, and that's not my point. My point is I'm questioning if wrestling is passing me by in terms of what works in 2021. Yeah. Because I thought Alexa Bliss Asuka was complete trash. I could not believe that in a title match, this is a Raw women's title match. They did the mid-match bullshit. Alexa Bliss in a title match as the challenger is riding a rocking horse in the ring. 
They're doing the pre-cuts because they want Alexa in her old gear. Then they're doing the pre-cuts because she's back in the black shirt again. I couldn't believe in a title match they pulled that shit. I'm so sick of it. I never need to see Alexa Bliss wrestle again so long as she is aligned with The Fiend. I don't need to see it again. And I don't understand, number one, how anybody thought that was good. I don't understand how Vince McMahon would think it's good. And I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. What are your thoughts? I don't like it either. Uh, there are a lot of people who apparently do. I saw some people yeah. say, say, oh, I don't know how you can't appreciate the storytelling. Well, I don't. I just don't. It's And maybe it's because we've seen him nerfed so much that we know that she will be too. I thought Alexa Bliss in a similar role should have won the title from Asuka. But here's the problem. They can never just do a big match. They can just yeah. never do it. Oh, okay, she beat her last week. And then Ryan sat and posted a tweet. Who you got tonight? And I said, no contest. And then afterwards, he said, doesn't count if you already knew the result. I said, buddy, I haven't looked at a script. I haven't asked for results. I never ask anybody in WWE for a finish. And I here's, didn't here's know. The it was just that predictable. And here's the thing, too. And, and again, I'm, I'm talking strictly from a storyline point of view. If all Alexa has to do is flip a switch and she becomes indestructible, why would she allow herself to go out there and get her ass kicked for 10 minutes? I don't know. Why not just go out, flip the switch, and beat Asuka in 30 seconds, and then you're done, and you got the title? Like, it's, it's, it's stupid. I'm not into it. It was cute the first couple of weeks Alexa did it. She's trying really hard. She's for, doing she's doing great for what she can do. For what she, she can do, yes. She is performing fantastically. Yes, and yes. But it's, making, it's run its course, man. I don't need to see it anymore. She is in the kitchen doing her best to turn that chicken shit in a chicken salad. She really, really is. Uh, Nick sends a super chat and says, does Triple H have a heavier hand in SmackDown? No, he does not. But you guys can have a heavy, have a uh, heavy hand in our money if you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Also, if you go to the list goes on, uh, we are going to uh, talk about the Undertaker on Joe Rogan and the comment about uh, when men were men. Oh, so boy. check out the list goes on FightfulSelect.com. We're going to dig into that next. So it's funny. I'll tell this story before we go off the air. Like me and my wife will be watching like murder mysteries and they'll cover something from the nineties and like a Ford Bronco will be on there. And I'll be like, when cars were men. So I'm glad I can apply that to pro wrestling and it will make sense. Now I can just uh, arbitrarily say that and it's in Canon, but guys, thank you all so much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.